Hello, I'm John Eldridge, and welcome to the Ransomed Heart audio podcast. For more information on Ransomed Heart Ministries, our resources, and events, please visit us online at www.ransomedheart.com. This morning, as I was reading the Gospel of Mark, I was struck by, once again, um, the beauty of Jesus, his cunning, his personality, his exasperation. I want to read this passage and get your reaction to it, Craig. Um, this is towards the end of Christ's life. He's made the triumphal entry. It's the last week in Jerusalem, and, and things have really heated up. And so they're testing him on this issue, that issue. They try and trap him on paying taxes and and what's the greatest commandment and, you know, trying to sort of find, you know, the chink in Christ's armor to prove that, you know, he's mm-hmm. a fake, a charlatan. Okay, so the Sadducees think they've got a real stumper on him. They come to him with a question, teacher. Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife but no children, the man must marry the widow and have children for his brother. So this was part of the Old Testament culture. And then they're going to really stump Jesus. They say, now, here's what happened. There were seven brothers. You know, one married and died. And so this, you know, brother takes his place. But he also died without any children. So then the third brother takes his place, you know, on and on through the seventh. At the resurrection, whose wife will you know, she be since the seven were married to her. They think they've got it, uh-huh. right? They can, you can feel the tightening of the noose here. And Jesus replied, are you not in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God? When the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. Now, about the dead rising... Have you not read in the book of Moses and the account of the bush how God said to him, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob? Jesus says to them, He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. You are badly mistaken. (laughs) I love that posture of Christ. You are badly mistaken. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, as you're reading that, I'm thinking, oh, no, you're going to turn the question to me. like. <laughs> so and, who, who was he, Craig? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm I'm sitting there thinking, so what's the answer? Marriage in heaven. And, and I love it when he comes to that point. You know, you don't know scripture. You don't know God. You're mistaken. Just, right. It's like uh, just there, there's just a whole nother approach to life. That you've missed. Here's what happened to me in the context of this. Um, Last week, I had the Hmm. honor and the tragic honor of attending the funeral of a dear friend's brother. And it was a very, shall we say, churchy funeral. Mm -hmm. It was very religious. It actually went on for more than an hour. It had a great deal of ritual to it and very, very little hope. And the primary hope that this church was offering in the hymns, the songs, the messages, the liturgy was the hope of eternal rest. Um, The place was packed. You know, people turned out in droves to support the family and express their love. But I literally wanted to jump out of my seat, run to the front of the building screaming, you are badly mistaken, you know, that that the view of – Life after death, 
the view of death itself was so wrong, so corrupted, so mm-hmm. twisted, but so veiled in mm-hmm. um, religious words and sounds mm-hmm. and songs that mm-hmm. that I sensed that for the majority of the people sitting there, they were deeply, deeply confused mm-hmm. about what God is like, what heaven is like, and, and frankly, it was all very unattractive. And I just wanted to, I wanted to rush to the front of the building on behalf of these broken hearts and quote Jesus in saying, you are badly mistaken. You do not know the power of God to raise the dead. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And the passion that stirred in me was Jesus had a way of looking at life. Mm -hmm. He had a way of looking at these things. Mm -hmm. And, And the closer we can get to the way Jesus looked at these things, the closer we get to life, mm-hmm. to truth, to God, to everything that we were made for as human beings. And every single step we take away from that, mm-hmm. every single step we take away from departing from, you know, distancing ourselves from the way that Jesus looked at these things, it just ushers in heartbreak and confusion and disappointment and, frankly, in this setting, anger at God, you know, deep misunderstanding, crisis of faith. That's what made me so mad. Yeah, yeah. Um, Gang, here's a radical thought. We just want to put this out here to you as we begin a new series. Jesus had a way of looking at life. He had a worldview. He had a way of understanding reality, a way of understanding people and community and God. He mm-hmm. had a way of understanding gender and sex and justice. Mm-hmm. Jesus had a way of looking at the world. And it it far transcended spiritual issues, mm-hmm. n- not just issues of um, holiness or issues of prayer or church attendance. Jesus had a way of looking at life, looking at the world. And the closer we can get to understanding it, the closer we can get to sharing it, we find ourselves aligned with God. We find ourselves aligned with the life, the love, the the hope, all that, you know, Scripture speaks of in the Christian experience. Um the more we lose that, the more it ushers in confusion, anger, frustration, disappointment, even a sense of betrayal by God. What we want to do is push into the idea that, gang, you all have a way of looking at yes. life. You all have a way of looking at reality, looking at the world. And the truth is, if we'll just be honest with ourselves, much of the sort of the passionate positions that that Christians take on issues, you know, from Obama to um, justice, poverty, issues of gender, masculinity, femininity, issues of the roles of men and women, issues around sexuality. Frankly, we may hold positions passionately but we didn't derive those positions by looking at what Jesus thinks. We came to them through all kinds of other means. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in short, John, you can be a Christian and have absolutely a pagan view of life in the world. I mean, there's some reality, I think, that God defines 
that for us to be aware of, mm. to understand, and to live from those realities kind of uh, gives us a best shot at, yeah. at dealing with this world. But you can be a Christian and have uh, views that have nothing to do with Christ. Right. Right. Exactly. What made me so furious in the funeral, here was a group of people who had come brokenhearted, confused, wrestling with God, angry at God, and here of all times is the opportunity to offer the way Jesus looks at death, the way he looks at life, the way he looks at your future. and. Yeah. And the whole mood of it was so profoundly wrong that I I just I wanted to rush to the front of the building and just cry out, heresy, error, you are badly mistaken because people's hearts and lives are at stake here. Yes. This isn't just theory. Yeah. This isn't just, well, I hold this position and you hold that one. These things matter. They matter deeply. And so Matthew 19, the, the disciples are hanging out. The Pharisees pose the question about divorce to Jesus. And they say, is it lawful? Actually, the passage begins, some Pharisees came to him to test him. These mm-hmm. guys are constantly pushing into Jesus. Mm-hmm. And they ask, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, haven't you read that at the beginning of the Creator made them male and female? And said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh, right? So they're no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let a man separate. And then they fire back. Why then did Moses command that a man give his wife the certificate of divorce and send her away? And Jesus said, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard. But it was not this way from the beginning. This is really crucial to understanding Jesus' worldview. Jesus is acknowledging, gang, there's a way things work. Yes. There is a design to human life. There's a design to relationship. There's a design to community, to the universe. And he's saying, look, I know you have these laws and, and these codes and these things that you're clinging to, but you are missing the point Jesus, he's got a position on sexuality. He's yeah. got a position on marriage and fidelity. But it is born out of a view of the world. Yeah. And again, back to the idea of are our convictions, our passionately held positions, something that we really got from Jesus? Yes. Or did we get them from NPR? Yeah. Did we get them from our parents? Did we, did we just pick them up from our college peers, mm-hmm. our, our culture, the news, you know, the, where did you get your convictions from? Yeah. In these convictions, John, um, I mean, they're deep-seated and we may not be aware of them, but they're usually exposed when life doesn't go well or we hit bumps or something like that. Right. I remember a famous story uh, told about Francis Schaeffer. Um, which was one of the major turning points in his life. You know, he was caught up in Europe in the 1960s with the youth movement coming through and so many young people asking questions and and so many young people really, really 
destroying their lives by trying answers in, you know, drugs or sexuality or Eastern mysticism. And the story is Schaefer is, is pacing back and forth in the upstairs attic of their Swiss chalet and he's pounding on the walls. There are answers. There are answers. That That's what I wanted, you know, for these people in this service. No, there are answers to these things. But only if you look at life the way Jesus mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. Only if you look at life the way Jesus did. And I think what we're trying to do in this opening podcast of the series, gang, as you listen to us, is we're trying to stir in you an awareness that you have a way of looking at life. You have a way of looking at the world. You have a way of looking at all of the many facets of it, suffering and joy and sex and love and friendship and heaven and politics and justice. And to the degree that the way you look at life can align with the way Jesus did, you're going to be good. And to the degree that you are far from the way Jesus looked at that, you're just setting yourself up for incredible heartache. And, by the way... Jesus urges us to look at life the way he does. Christianity isn't just a spiritual experience. It's not just, you know, forgiveness and heaven. It's, it's a way of looking at everything. It's a way of looking at reality. And that's what we want to explore. We want to explore how did Jesus look at life? How did he look at these different issues of gender or justice or the future or suffering? the acts of God in this world, politics, rulers, governments. How did Jesus look at that? Let's discover that because in discovering that, Mm -hmm. we're going to find, Jesus said, you'll know the truth and the truth, only the truth will set you free.